This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I am Josh. This is episode 119, by the way. With me, as always, we have recovered from New Hampshire and Boston. With me, as always, is Chris. What's up? And Mark. Hello. Chris sounded kind of peaked there. I'm not sure he's recovered. Um, so, yeah, this is the first time that we are recording after the Boston. What up? Shouldn't have said anything. Uh, yeah, cut after, that out. <laughs> yeah, after the Boston trip, we had a blast. We got to meet Mark, meet, meet Mark in person. I did anyway. I already met him before. Yeah. Um, and then Mark played tour guide around Boston, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, Mark's else? the same guy on air as he is in person. Yes, absolutely. Oh, a jerk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. No, Mark was nice. His wife was nice. Yeah. Yep. It was a good time. We have it. We have as many pictures with Mark as we do his wife. Like, she yeah, was... it was kind of weird. Yeah. Um. So his mom emailed us. Oh, what? that's right. Wait, I just what? emailed. Hey, I emailed your mom today, actually. Wait, what? <laughs> she bought a sweatshirt, right? That that <laughs> happened while we were in New Hampshire. That's a scam. Hey, that's your a mom... scam. Well, your mom fell for it. God. <laughs> Your you mom bought do, a hoodie. You need to do some fishing training, Mark, with your mom. <laughs> she bought a hoodie. And then I, I emailed her today to apologize. Um, well, I'll read the email. I'll, I'll read the email. What else is on the agenda for tonight? We should we should get I'll, moving I'll, here. I'll leave the name out. I said, hi, blank. This is Chris from the podcast. Got your hoodie order. But we're going to refund that and send you a hoodie anyway. <laughs> your mom, Mark, if your mom wants a hoodie, we're just going to give her a hoodie, okay? I don't know. Like, did you tell your mom that you get, like, the, is this how, you, like, your mom wants to give you a little bit of money to go buy a soda pop and you always tell her no? <laughs> so she's like, I guess I'm going to buy the hoodie. I, I, I don't even have a hoodie. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I said, side note, Mark's a great guy. You raised them right. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Your mom's going to be so happy, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's, this is episode 119. <laughs> uh, let's get into it. I guess a couple weeks ago, this uh, study came out from a PIRG, I think it's pronounced PERG. I think Lucas said PERG, right? Um, mm. Yep about Chromebook churn and how Google could make that better. And we talked about it on we on the podcast. We we went into it and kind of thought it was a little bit of an unfair slight against Chromebooks uh, about the EOL, end of life of Chromebooks and how middle schoolers destroy them. And you can go back and listen. It was a couple episodes ago. I think we titled it, uh, Are Chromebooks Evil? Are Chromebooks Are Evil? Question Chromebooks mark. Are Evil? Um, so 116. While- while we were in New Hampshire, uh, we were in the car, Mark was driving, it was pouring rain, and we were talking about that study and that article. And as we were talking about that article, the author 
emails us. Lucas. Lucas. Uh, so after some negotiations, we uh, were able to convince him to come on the podcast. And that's the interview you will hear tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, after we get done yammering about some current topics. Um, Chris, do you want to talk about Managed Methods, one of our newest sponsors? Managed Methods, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I'm going to put this in the podcast uh, description. Uh, they are offering a free Google Workspace and or Microsoft 365 security audit. Uh, they will do that for you. They can help you uh, with phishing and malware and emails, files, share drives, uh, sharing uh, behavior with Pi stuff, uh, unauthorized third-party apps. They can help you with all that kind of stuff. So manage methods. What kind of Pi? The greatest pie. Hey, so I joked about with Lucas that I was going to crack some chat GPT jokes. And I didn't do that because I didn't have them pulled up, but I got one. Oh, late on. Um, why did the environmentalist always carry a pencil? Why? Because it's a great way to reduce their carbon footprint. I don't, I don't get that. Like I would have left, I would have left the dead air on there, but people like that wouldn't have been good, but I don't understand that. Okay. I, I do think it's worth noting real quick. Uh, we got some exciting news yesterday about rankings. Mark, do you want to tell us about the exciting news yesterday? Yeah. So our podcast has made it to the chartable uh, charts. Uh, we are number 200 globally in the technology category. Ooh. And right now we're averaging around 125 mm -hmm. on the, the U.S. technology charts in the technology Ooh. category. Yep. So, Woo. yeah. So good news. It's really nice. Thanks, thanks to everybody out there who listens to us on a consistent basis. And uh, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Share us. If you share us with three of your friends, we might break 100. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So and we thought we'd highlight that with the episode about e-waste. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, while we were on, <laughs> on break or in New Hampshire, uh, school dude had a little bit of an incident. Did either of you guys, so if you don't know school dude, I guess had a breach of some sort and sent out emails to affected users. And it went out to a bunch of people, including people that no longer use school dude. Um, did either my district did not ever use school dude, I, I guess, cause we didn't get any of the alert emails. How about you two fellas? Did you have you ever used School Dude? And did you? I do notice? not discuss. <laughs> I was trying to help you, Mark. What's what are you gonna say? Uh, no, we 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 got those emails. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are um, we are are part of that. Um, but I will say, um, School Dude. Some customers use single sign-on with School Dude, and some yep. do not. And uh, this impacted those who do not. So we are. Luckily, and not not in that category, but we still got notified. Um, I will say, I get it; these things happen. But for us to find out with all the users that were emailed was my biggest frustration about this whole incident. Yeah, you had some beef about that. I did. I did. Well, you know what? To find out that one of your uh, vendors was breached when you wake up in the morning and all of your users now know, and you're learning at the same time, or you're learning after them, is really frustrating. Uh, so that was not a fun day. Right. Uh, to have to not answer cool all school, these questions. Dude. Yeah, not not fun. You, you got to give district contacts a heads up um, so that we can plan our response to our users. 
before they find out or put an out of office on your mailbox. Um, yeah. So I, and I had heard from um, a district, I don't remember where I was, but there was a district complaining that they hadn't used school dude for like five or seven years. And they're like, right. I, they would have assumed that when the contract terminated and they no longer use the product that they would have purged those records from the school dude system. Well, apparently they didn't because they still were notified about the breach as well as about having a user account and passwords being breached or seen. Um, so that that's the other frustrating thing. And I guess a bigger discussion in general, Yep. when you, when you sever or you terminate a contract with a, with a contractor, are you going out of your way to request that they purge your data or is, are you operating under the assumption that they just kind of do that anyway? Um, yeah, there's lots of assumption there, I think, from from a lot of school districts. I mean, you cancel something, you think they get rid of your stuff. Right. Uh, so a shocker would be like, no, we didn't we didn't delete anything. We have it all. Yeah. And I think and now that's... we don't have it anymore. Now it's been shared. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not only do we have it, everybody else on the web has it. So change your passwords. Um, and I, I think that's kind of one of the big frustration points that's come out of all of this as well. Um, Chris, did, how many, did, did your users have concerns about this or? I heard nothing, but we, we didn't use school dude. So, oh, I thought you did. I'm sorry. No, mm -hmm. I pick things. If I don't like the title of the company in school, I don't know. School dude. I don't know. Hmm. That's an, that's an interesting grading uh, category <laughs> there. Well, I was, I was involved in the conversation with a bunch of districts who are, uh, in the same boat and there was different discussions around like, do we need to do anything? We don't use them anymore. Why would I need to, to kind of do anything? Um, if we're not, if, you know, these were standalone accounts and we're using single sign on elsewhere. And the point was raised from one district that you have to assume that users are cross pollinating passwords. They're using the same password across systems. And so Absolutely. when one vendor gets hit, you have to assume that at least one user in that vendor, uh, still has that username and password on another system on another vendor. So while this may seem like an isolated incident, it's really um, it's really a catalyst. And this could lead to districts being breached down the road. It could lead to other ed tech vendors at risk. And so this is, for me, this is a real big lesson in why single sign-on has to be a massive priority for every vendor in every district. Uh, because one breached vendor, one breached password will lead to somewhere else being breached. Yeah, that's pretty heavy, Mark. It's my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so dude, school dude. If you're a <laughs> school dude customer, change your password. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about Extreme Networks real quick? Extreme Networks. Email dmayor at extremenetworks.com for all of your extreme networking needs. And that's the name of the company, Extreme Networks, not the fact that you have a switch hanging outside off the side of a cliff, Extreme. Right, like but that'd be pretty sweet. mountain climbers, yeah. But I bet um, if you wanted to do that, I bet they could hook you up. I, I guarantee Dominic could do that, and he could probably climb the mountain and hang it for you. Um, so one of the – a topic that keeps coming up is password managers or password vaults. Uh, so – Everybody knows about LastPass that has been breached, what, three times now? They've had security incidents that they've had to disclose and, and clean up from. Last night, uh, 
I was reading and found an article, uh, a newly published CVE that KeePass now has been uh, exposed and has a vulnerability. I assume they fixed it by now. So <clears throat> it's not just LastPass that has these type of problems. Uh, now KeePass has also had one. So if you're a KeePass user, you might want to look into uh, what is going on there and what you need to do to protect yourself. Have you guys heard about uh, the new Google pass keys that they uh, have been working on for a while and then they just released earlier this week in the wild? Yes, and I used it and I'm loving it. I, I turned it on my personal account and I really haven't seen a, much of a change. Tell me tell me more. Uh, go ahead, Mark, since you're using it. Uh, well, basically you set up a device or two or more uh, as a pass key. And so when you are logging into a device or a new device, um, it's gonna ask you to have that, that secondary device near you. So it's kind of like a mixture of passwordless and two-step verification. Um, but you can use your laptop and you can use your phone. Uh, very hard to explain, but definitely uh, worth checking out. It makes your sign-in process a whole lot faster and a lot easier, and most importantly, a lot safer. Are you yeah. doing like fingerprint or like just saying yes? You, depending on the capabilities of your device, you can do fingerprint, you could do facial recognition, uh, you could do the yes, no. Yeah. Dig it. Dig yeah. It. And they're, it's on personal Gmail accounts for now, right? Like they're, Google has said they are getting ready to start rolling this feature out to workspace accounts as well. Um, I know we're we're getting these in here real quick, but Chris, do you want to talk about Fortinet? Yes. Fortinet, the global leader of cybersecurity solutions and services. Uh, this guy's got a great name, Chris Illingworth. Uh, you can email him at Fortinet Podcast at Fortinet.com. Uh, he can tell you all about Fortinet products. There's all kinds of things. They are more than just a firewall, uh, but they do have a great firewall. Yes. And... To finish it out, hit us with NTP real quick. NTP? Uh, NTP does cybersecurity. You can email dren at ntp-inc.com. I'll put that in the podcast description. Uh, they can be your sock. They can help you with EDR. They can do all kinds of things for you. Tell them, tell them you want the K-12 Tech Talk special. And that's a real thing. Yeah, it is. Um, Pretty much in life. I mean, I think all kinds of places you can go and you just ask for the, the K-12 Tech Talk special. Yeah. So uh, share us with your friends. Like like we said earlier, we haven't gotten to this uh, this <laughs> crazy ranking top 200 tech, com uh, tech podcast in the world uh, without listeners sharing it. Uh, and we, we hope you appreciate the content in top 125 in the U.S. Uh, share us with, with even more of your friends so we can keep climbing that. We should do something special if we hit top 100. We should have yeah. Jack We should have Jack back if we hit top 100. We'll just tell him to come on. Yeah. I mean, we're friends. <laughs> You're, we're friends with Jack. Like, Hey, right? and get on the K-12 Tech Pro community um, because we're on there and it's a lot of fun. And there has been, honestly, very, very good discussion on there about a number of topics. Um, so yeah, if you're not on K12 Tech Pro, check it out and join the Josh Bot's on there now. Oh, yes. Josh, we haven't really unpacked that. How do you feel about Josh Bot? Whatever. I'm not getting an NIL fee out of this, which I think we're going to have to talk about. Um, we have some, we have a bot. Well, it's, it's AI called Josh Bot. 
on Kato Tepro. <laughs> and they're using a picture of me when I was riding a Segway. He's wearing a helmet. Yes. Whatever. Gosh, All right. God. So coming up is the interview with Lucas from Perg, who wrote the uh, Chromebook churn study article. Uh, and uh, we have a good discussion. I, I was worried. I was a little bit worried that um, we might be a little mean, but we weren't. I think it was a good di discussion, more revolving around e-waste and Google's responsibility to help that out. We so agree with Lucas. We like Lucas. Yeah, I, I agree on most points. We right? agree with the bigger picture thing that Lucas is yes, going for. Absolutely. So have a listen. Uh, let us know what you think about. Share us with your friends and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. All right. So a couple episodes back, we were uh, uh, dissing on this Lucas guy. Uh, Starting and... off negative here already. <laughs> yep. Yep. Here well, we go. anyways, and then, you know, sometimes you say stuff and, and you don't think there's going to be any like, you know, anything come from it. But someone tagged us, I know, on LinkedIn uh, together. And we got we got an That's email right. from Lucas. Hi, Lucas. What's up? Hi. Uh, so so yeah. Lucas has joined the, the podcast for today. Uh, we're going to unpack, uh, get to know him better, uh, un, un, unpack the study, unpack that article, uh, and probably clarify some things uh, from our end, from his end. Maybe we'll shake hands uh, at the end. Uh, time yeah, will tell. Time yeah. will tell on that. Chris, so how's I, it going, Lucas? It's Hang going on. good. Nope. Oh. Sorry, Lucas. I don't mean to interrupt. That's horrible. Yeah, no, you're that's good. rude, Josh. I know that's horribly rude. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought Chris was going to be the one. Um, I think it's it's important to say when we got Lucas's email. Right, we were on the road to New Hampshire. All three of us were in the car together. The first time that we had been within arm's reach of each other ever. We've yeah. been doing this for over a year. Um, the first time that we were able to touch each other in the same car. Uh, yeah, that sounded weird. Um, and we get an email from Lucas about about the about the article or the episode that we did. So it was really. Well, and you're cool, skipping Lucas. the part where we were literally talking about Lucas. That's right. We were like, do do we think he's going to reply? Do you think he listened? So yeah, right as we're talking that going up whatever. Well, interstate. I'm touched that I got to be part of this first touching that you guys got. <laughs> so great. Lucas yeah. is coming out swinging. Here we're we gonna go. edit. We're gonna edit all of this out, right? <laughs> None of it. <laughs> So, Lucas, it, tell us about yourself and the organization uh, that you're with, and kind of where this article came from. Yeah, well, yeah, I was I was happy to to hear the episode. You know, I, I obviously wanted to clarify some things about the report, but um, I work with PERG, the Public Interest Research Group. So we're a national one million member nonprofit that works on a bunch of different issues around protecting the environment, our public health, and our democracy. Um, and I work with our right to repair team on a kind of new offshoot that we're calling Design to Last, focused on issues of e-waste and planned obsolescence. So that's that's where this report came from. And, you know, we've been working on right to repair for, you know, five or six years or so. And it's having a lot of movement, which is exciting. We just passed right to repair in New York and Colorado. And uh, actually, just a couple of minutes ago, the bill just passed out of an important committee in California. So that's really exciting. Um, but we've kind of been looking ahead to say, well, what's going to happen after right to repair? And so that's that's what this campaign is really about. It's about the design of products and making sure that um, those are built to be as repairable and durable as possible. So so right to repair has a lot of different um, supporters for different reasons, right? So there's the folks that say, this is my property. I want to mm -hmm. you know, be able to own it. 
it sounds like you're coming from the perspective of reducing the amount of waste and the amount of, of, of devices and things that we're producing. I think it's all of the above. I mean, it's definitely true, right? That if you bought something, you ought to be able to say that owning it means that you should repair however you want. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the people that we work with, especially the people with the kind of technical skills who are like doing this day in, day out, that DIY ethos really is a part of what motivates them to do this work. If you can fix your car, you ought to be able to fix your laptop and your phone too. Yeah. So how have you had much feedback? So let's get into the article yeah. that, that sure, was yeah. published. Um, so you guys, your organization did this study about um, kind of e-waste or, or life cycle of Chromebooks in K-12 mm -hmm. education. Um, so if you want to give us a brief overview, of, if someone hadn't read that study or that article, uh, what was that all about? Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. So like I said, we've been working on right to repair and the technicians and some IT directors that were kind of involved in this push said, hey, you really got to look at this Chromebook situation. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot more churn than you would expect, right? And, and then is good. And so um, that's where the kind of the genesis of this report was. Essentially, I um, looked at the effect of Chromebooks on the environment and ways that Google could actually design them to last, right? And, and fundamentally, we just found that there really are a lot of changes that could be made that would make these devices last longer and, and lessen their impact. So the kind of big top line um, finding, right, was that doubling the life of Chromebooks could have a huge effect. It could um, cut carbon emissions equivalent to taking 900,000 cars off the road for a year um, and save schools potentially $1.8 billion, assuming no additional maintenance costs. Um, and, you know, we can kind of get into the details, but th there's three main things that I kind of point to in the report that are problems that have pretty easy, clear solutions. One of them is the end of life date or the, you know, automatic update expiration date. Uh, after that date, there's no more software support. In some states, that means you can't access state testing websites, but for all states, it means that you're not getting security updates. You're, you're just kind of being more vulnerable. And so most schools can't use those devices after that date has passed. Um, the second thing we found is that, uh, for some people, although I think we'll kind of get into this, but some people repairing can be difficult uh, for the different models that are available. Uh, they either don't have access to the spare parts they need, or they just don't have the information that they need to actually repair uh, the devices. And then the last point was just that these aren't really designed to be repairable or modular or uh, durable. So. There's lots of little changes that get made around the bezel and around the screen and the keyboard. And that just means that the parts can't work from one model to the next. Uh, and it can just mean that it can be, again, harder to kind of keep these in service for as long as they could be. So, so that was kind of the big picture. And, and we called for Google to extend the um, life cycle of Chromebooks by having the operating system last longer and also just working with the manufacturers that actually make these devices like Acer and HP and Dell and kind of, you know, all the... OEMs that I'm sure you guys like know and love and curse and whatever, uh, make those actually designed to last longer and, and follow some kind of set guidelines. So that's the, that's the big picture. Yeah. So I totally get the, the big picture of it and, and the life cycle of it. And mm -hmm. if looking at it from an e-way standpoint, um, totally agree. Did, did you guys, Chromebooks are the, are I would say one of the bigger devices or the more popular devices used in K-12. However, mm. you do hear about school districts using um, full-blown Windows laptops 
and here in Missouri, the use case for those are we have we do have quite a few very rural districts that have an issue with broadband. So mm. if a kid takes home a Chromebook, they're not able to sign in because they they may not have broadband at home. The other big one would be iPads. Um, mm-hmm. So did I know your your study focused on Chromebooks? Was there any desire to look at the same kind of um, d- uh, items of concern for why, iPads? Lucas, why are Chromebooks evil, but you didn't talk yeah. about iPads no, and Windows question. laptops? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, was, I was being long-winded. Okay, Chris. <laughs> no, it's a good question, right? And, you know, I think the upshot is that it's not really the case that Apple or Windows products are so excellent for either consumer protection or sustainability. Sure. So this is not to say that all of the other options are excellent and Chromebooks are terrible, right? But rather Chromebooks are so popular and there are some kind of unique decisions that Google has made about how they're designed for better or for worse that make them kind of their own unique product category, right? And so then because because they're so popular and because there's these sort of unique decisions, Google really could make choices that would actually solve a lot of these problems and would make the devices last a lot longer. That's the contention. Although, of course, you know, Apple and, and Windows and Microsoft, they have a lot of decisions that they could make uh, that would make their devices longer last longer too, and they ought to. I guess before we get into kind of a, a discussion about our, our feelings on those findings, yeah, bigger picture of things, what has um the response been like from the article like have you heard from many k-12 districts uh did you follow any of the commentary on reddit what's what's kind of that feedback been like for you and your team yeah well there was a lot of interest in the report which was exciting you know we we released it to get interest but it was covered by a lot of the tech press like vice and ars technica and the verge and gadget um you know, I think there's a wide range of responses. For the general public, a lot of the response was, well, I didn't know anything about this, right? Or or they sort of, the response was, oh yeah, I had this negative individual experience with a Chromebook, right? Because, you know, people maybe are, are seeing it come home and there's some problem that they experienced. Um, in terms of the comments, you know, it was a wide range. There were a lot of districts where people were reaching out and saying, oh yeah, you know, this is totally a problem, but also what about this particular problem with the exact model that we sure. use? You didn't talk about that. And that's really the big thing that we experience is, you know, this, this exact problem with this particular model. And then some people, yeah, d- disagreed, right? Or I, I would categorize the disagreement more as kind of saying, so what are we supposed to do about it? What, do you, what are you asking me as the IT director for this district to do? Which is a totally reasonable response that I'm really sympathetic to. And so, you know, one thing I wanted to clarify is that this report is not actually making suggestions for the decisions that school districts should make around their IT infrastructure or the products that they're going to use. You know, a lot of districts, they're making the choice that's best for them. And that very well might right. be Chromebooks. Yeah. This is really a suggestions for Google about what they could do uh, yeah. to make these devices more sustainable. I guess one of the, one of the things when I read it, I thought, okay, yeah, I, I agree that that seven-year expiration is kind of a pain. Um, <laughs> but when I look at, at least within my own district, what's the number one cause or what are the causes of why we're replacing devices, buying new ones, 
getting rid of devices, that end of support date wouldn't even be in the top five, maybe not even the top 10 of reasons. Um, middle schoolers, so, that's the reason. Middle middle schoolers, <laughs> grades five to eight is the top, you know, churn for, for devices. So okay, my favorite responses from doing this work overall has just been like the amount of totally out there stories of how students destroy Yes. Uh, oh, it's crazy. A lot of a lot of sympathy for for all of the the very ingenious ways that people will destroy the products or that students will destroy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, thinking back, I thought, okay, the end of support, it would be nice because yeah. we still do. In fact, just last week, I came across a device that was we had bought in 2013. I'm like, it's still working, uh, and and it was in the context of the student was trying to do the state assessments and it wouldn't work on this device, and so okay, you got to mm. put this one aside bring in a new device uh, for state testing. Um, but that those kinds of examples are few and far between. And so I thought to myself, of all the things that are happening, you know, why this? Um, mm -hmm. And if, if I were to ask Google for anything uh, under the sun, it, it may or may not be the end of support date. Uh, it might be something else, um, especially because that same problem happens with Microsoft. It happens with, you know, the getting rid of the Windows XP's and the Windows 7's and, and such and such. So, you know, is there something that, that you guys heard about this end of support date that that caused you to be so uh, particular about that? Well, I'm curious, what are the, like, if you had Google's ear, what would be the thing that you'd ask for that you think would make the biggest impact? Uh, I don't know that it's Google. I think it's, okay. from, it's my stand, from my standpoint, yeah. it's it's the manufacturers. Okay. Um, I, I have had a pretty rough history with a couple manufacturers and regular listeners know that who they are um there i think there's a lot of there can be quality control issues coming from factories although mm. um part of the process of onboarding devices we're able to catch those dead on arrival devices pretty easily but but we've we've experienced rash issues of motherboards coming unlaminated and having circuitry mm. issues um uh, to me, the the issue lies with the manufacturers, not necessarily Google, because honestly, a seven year life cycle, uh, like I we just replaced all of our desktops in our districts because they didn't have the TPM security chip to run Windows 11. So I, I, I completely understand the need to replace machines every five, six, seven years. And if I can get a if I can get a Chromebook the last seven years, I'm all about it like that. That's fine, because that life cycle. We're not seeing seven years with them now. Just again, mm -hmm. middle schoolers. Um, what do you guys think? Who who's who's the big driver of the issues that you're seeing? Um, for us, really, I mean, I'm not gonna say students, but the the number one thing that we're replacing or repairing are are screens and keyboards. And I, I do agree. Yeah, sometimes those bezels can be a, a challenge. Um, it's been hard over the last few years to get spare parts and replacements. Um, you know, making keyboards more resilient to student fingers and and the occasional ruler that knocks off a key. Um, but I do see some manufacturers moving in the right direction. I think it's Lenovo and Acer have come out with a keyboard that can be replaced with two screws, right? Making that mm -hmm. an option for kids to replace very, very easily. Um, so those are the kinds of things that when I see the breaks and the, and the, the issues in our district, it's, you know, these screens that just keep falling off of the desk and getting broken. It's keys that are getting popped off and that's causing more and more churn. Um, I will say I, I, there's a lot of things that are outside of the manufacturer's control and outside of Google's control that we as the districts 
um, face, and that is, you know, devices being lost, stolen. Mm. Um, that's that's causing the biggest amount of churn for us. Um, in terms of how to stop that, I I would love it if somebody came up with the answer. <laughs> yeah, Chris, is, you've had a couple show up in pawn shops. I just had a random. I'm trying to think if it was. I forget the state already, and it doesn't really matter. But several states away, uh, this last week, this guy called and he said, "Hey, I just found one of your Chromebooks on the side of the road. It's when I opened it, it's saying that it's lost, stolen, and that was me that you know had marked that in in Google Admin. And I'm thinking he's like just down the street from me, like no big deal. Bring it by the office, thank you. Uh, and he's like, "Well, I just I'm wanting to make sure that you know that I'm not like trying to steal it." And then I was like, "Well, where are you from?" And he states away. Wow. Uh, and I, I don't how did this happen? I don't yeah. know. Uh, had, that's happened had, to us several times. We had two show up in Florida one time. I mean, you're talking 700 miles away. I can um, beat all of you. What we had got? one in, legit in the Arctic Circle. What? <laughs> yep. Someone bought it at a pawn shop, got on a puddle jumper, and 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 flew all the way to the very very top of uh, Canada in the literally in the Arctic Circle. And uh, and then called us and said, "Hey, I can't get in because you're you're locked." <laughs> <laughs> wow! So that was just a very uh, a very ambitious high school research project. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to answer your question, right? So about the about the end of life support, right? And and I'm glad that you bring up Windows 11, right? Because that is a huge yeah. issue that is going to cause a massive jump of e-waste, and Microsoft is really not taking responsibility for the lack of backwards compatibility that 11 has with um, devices that are now on 10 when, you know, 10 used to be largely backwards compatible with the previous uh, previous version. So, you know, we, we think potentially 40% of PCs can't actually upgrade to Windows 11 that are in use in the world. And that is a huge problem. Sure. Um, so so in terms of the, the life cycle, you know, again, it's not the case that Google is the only people that stop supporting devices after a certain number of years. Of course, that's industry standard. Um, However, when we looked into the length of life for these devices, the average support uh, that's listed uh, or the average expiration that's listed on Google's website is only four years away. So it does seem like, and especially, uh, you know, Google has made sort of decisions in the right direction to lengthen this, uh, these uh, support timelines, but at least initially, and still it seems like the case that it's just too short. And fundamentally, this situation we're in where you have to stop using a piece of hardware that is otherwise fully functional just because a certain date has passed doesn't sit well with me. And, and it's not the place where we ought to be. Um, there's some unique situations with, again, the decisions around Chromebooks that play into that. I actually was just using a, a 2012 MacBook because I was having computer problems. And although it's no longer eligible for operating system updates, you can still eke out a couple of more years of browser updates, even past that end of life date. For Chromebooks, because of the way they're designed, right? The operating system is the browser. You can't do that, right? So, so that's part yeah. of the reason that Google has to be kind of stricter about this and, and maybe why it's been shorter in the past as well. I think it's worth pointing out too, though, on on Google's end of support or end of life page, the the you reference there's a four year average. Mm -hmm. um, they're now the devices coming out now this year. Like we just bought Acer's that are mm -hmm. have a twenty thirty expiration. I've got 
Lenovo 100Es, the worst machines ever, they are expiring. I love Lenovo. Yeah, we know. Um, Lucas, June... I'll show you my Lenovo tattoo later. Oh, great. <laughs> are they sponsors? No, they're no. not. <laughs> uh, that will No, that will never happen. Um, so the, the 100E expires in June of 2024. We bought those originally in, I think, 2016, 2016, 17, somewhere in there. So um, they... They're, they're, they do have decent lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that they're able to hit seven years, and again, this gets into the whole usability thing and, and realistic expectations of life cycle. I, I really don't expect them to last seven years just because of who uses them and how they're used. Like they're, they're in a backpack going home on a bus every afternoon and kids are crazy in the afternoon. You know, they're ready to be home. And like, I don't expect a device. I don't care what the device is. To, to live in a backpack on a bus 175 days a year. Like that's, that's just not going to happen. Um, but I, but I completely understand what you're saying. And back to the windows thing, mm. that's a huge issue that, that TPM chip requirement, mm-hmm. that's going to cause a lot of businesses to go out and, and have a major CapEx expenditure to, yep. to redo fleets. Um, and uh, you know, the, it, of course, TPM 2.0 is more secure, but sure. it's also the case that Microsoft has made some exceptions for their own products. Well, <laughs> so there's, sure. there's a surface product that doesn't need to have a TPM 2.0 sure, or can right. upgrade to 11. So, you know, why don't they just kind of let everyone do that? Have you had any feedback from Apple or Google, or I'm sorry, Google on this specifically um, about this article or the report? No, I know that they've given some statements to the reporters who are working on it, but not to me yet i don't i don't i i a lot of schools do a rotation plan right like a three-year four-year rotation Mm -hmm. plan in particular with chromebooks um if i'm on a three-year rotation plan i get my student devices i'm lucky to get three four years out of i'm i'm lucky to get through the lease and still feel good about life without a bunch of system boards dying because the backpacks were thrown around all the time but when i give those back if i'm leasing them um which again, this is a a bigger. I, Lucas, you 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 do the bigger picture responsibility stuff because I'm more saying like, hey, I made it three four years with that device. Take it back, leasing company. If you mm-hmm. guys get more life out of it, sweet. You know, I'm I shift the e waste, if you will, whatever to them. Maybe they're gonna get more years, whatever. Because like, I, I guess me agreeing with Mark that death date. I I don't get close to that death date mm. on my Chromebooks. I've already gone through and I've gotten my refresh because of my three or four year rotation. Um, Well, can I ask, I mean, what would it take for you to feel like you could refresh devices less frequently? I think that's it, that they have to be able to last that long, Uh um, which they're not going to. But again, the price point, I I don't expect them to last. Like the, the amount of money I'm paying up for a Chromebook is what I would expect to last three or four years or whatever. Uh, so if I'm getting something more durable where the kid can't pick a key off of a keyboard or the screen can't crack as easily, that's going to be more expensive, uh, you know, for that, for those years to go. I, I think that's like that fine line or that balance that we'd be looking mm-hmm. for. I think, I think that's just it, right. Is that we're talking about uh, regardless of the device, 
when we're working with students in a classroom setting, we're looking at a three to four year life cycle for a device re realistically, right? And, it, and it are devices that go longer and there are devices that go shorter. But um, what we're seeing across the industry, across K-12 is that the churn of devices is not making it more than three to four years. Hmm. And part of it though, is just what you said that these devices are made cheaply and they are, they are low cost. And so we then have the men, the mindset of it's only two, 300 bucks. We'll just get a new one. Um, so cost driving costs down, which is naturally going to happen in the public sector. We're going to constantly ask for things to be cheaper and cheaper. And that's what, you know, that's, that's, what's going to drive society is lower costs. Are there factors that you see happening in the industry that are causing devices to, to be extended, to last longer? Are there things that, that manufacturers are doing right? or Google or Microsoft or, or Apple, are they doing things to make devices last longer? Or do you see the entire industry shifting to make things last three years, now two years? I think it's a mixed bag. Uh, you know, Google to their credit has this very strong commitment to a circular economy, which is another reason why I think they ought to really be leaders on this. And they have make, made a lot of steps in the right directions, working with, you know, both in terms of extending their end of life date and working with the OEMs to actually design uh, the devices to to be more durable in some cases, um, or or to you know be standardized, right? So using the USB C uh, to actually charge rather than having all these different you know, DC. Yes, that that was that one was of the best thing. things ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So you know, there are some changes that are being made that are totally in the right direction, but um, it's not just one thing that would. Yeah, get it to be that we could have our laptops last longer. However, it doesn't seem to me that this is really a technical problem so much as a business decision. If it was the case that Google and the OEMs wanted to design Chromebooks that could last five, six years, there's a whole set of changes that they could probably come up with on the back of a napkin that would make them last significantly longer. Yeah, I, I was in healthcare um, for a long time before I, I got into K-12. And man, I, back, it was probably 15, 16 years ago. Um, I think it was Toshiba came out with the Tough Book. Mm. And we were just exploring the idea of sending devices home with our home health nurses so that the, they could chart real time when they were seeing a patient. And I remember getting in the first tough book and the salesman came in and he's like, yep, this thing, it goes to war in Iraq. And cause that was when we had one of the wars going on and he's like, you can throw sand in it. You can throw it across the room and it won't hurt it. And one of my guys, it was powered on and running windows, I guess probably XP at the time. He walked over, picked it up and threw it about 10 feet. Like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. And it, and it still ran. And you were like, man, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, but short of going to that tough book type, um, just reinforced type device, um, I don't know what you would do K-12 wise, but besides making parts more modular and more mm -hmm. uh, uh, universal as far as, you know, everybody's bezel is the same. Everybody's keyboard layout or keyboard uh, connection. Yeah, there's a couple of different versions, right? You yeah. Can like the, you know, A, B, C, or D kind of tier. And then maybe there's a couple options between that. But just having some standardization like they did with the charger cables would yeah. allow you to hot swap parts a lot easier. Well, it, it is, it, yeah. 
it, it's similar to the discussion of of Android and Apple going hmm. USB C chargers. You know, the European. Oh, hold up! That's a great question. That's going to say a lot, Lucas. What kind of phone do you have? <laughs> I have an iPhone. I knew it. I just <laughs> fixed the screen myself. Oh, nice! <laughs> oh, Lucas, nice. Day. <laughs> Actually, this uh, this laptop. I mentioned I had laptop problems. Uh, I had to use a Chromebook uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks before I switched to uh, that 2020 okay. MacBook, and then I, I replaced the screen on this one. Okay. So, okay, Lucas, I have an idea. <laughs> so, version two of this study, you can, uh-huh. uh, and maybe it's maybe it's not version two. Maybe it's a different study. Uh, taking like the popular the popular devices for K12 and putting them through the same ringer over a period of time mm. and see. Um, and I'm not talking different different styles of Chromebooks. I'm talking pick pick a Chromebook or pick five Chromebooks, take an yeah. iPad, take a take a small Windows device, and put them in a backpack a, a hundred times. Or you know, like where maybe maybe K twelve maybe districts are going the wrong direction with this crazy cheap Chromebook because it isn't durable. Maybe there is a better solution. If there is, I'd love to to know it. Yeah. But I I think that cost that Delta isn't would have to be marginal like you know i i can't justify spending four times the amount for a device that lasts twice as long you know what i mean like totally. I, I think that yeah, there, there is there is a cost benefit analysis that every school district is going to have to do right and they have to do what's right for them but again i just go back to google's responsibility and capacity to make this situation a lot easier for the districts that have to make this choice, yeah. right? I mean, th- these yeah. are the the top engineers in the world, the genius innovators uh, who should be able to figure out how to make laptops survive a, a middle schooler. Well, um, and to that point, Google could probably drive the manufacturers and say, look, you're all going to standardize on, like you said, choice A, B, or C. Here, here are your choices. You all have to use one of these types. Google could drive that a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, and that would make them more repairable and hot swappable. Right. Right. You know, and and we, but you know, this is sort of my my slightly tongue in cheek example, but there is ed tech that lasts basically forever, which is the TI eighty four calculator that I, have, <laughs> you know, in middle yeah. school, and it's still around. Uh, and that works just fine. And it's been, you know, stepped on and lost and put in a drawer and you can take it out decades later and, uh, still, still graphs. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. I I guess. So you pointed that out in another article, uh, that you wrote that I actually really enjoyed. And I think this article, um, the, the Wait, did you is... say actually because you actually didn't enjoy this first thing that we just went over? <laughs> first thing was too frustrating. This that was like a little, like I think he, that was something. No, no, no. So the the, the article titled... I actually enjoy this other one. <laughs> here he goes. Here he goes. There he goes. Chris yep. is a fire starter here. Yep. Um, but the one titled, Why Do We Replace Our Laptops Every Few Years? I thought this one has way more influence on, on K-12 because hmm. your point around the TI-84 and how th- we're now doing everything in the cloud. We don't need to have these fancy hard drives and uh, and uh, graphics uh, cards because everything is in the cloud that we should be getting to a point where devices last longer and we don't have to worry about parts failing and, and operating systems go out of date. So that's an article. I think we should link that in the, the show notes. It's fantastic around there's there are things that we should hey, be doing yeah. to reduce e-waste. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, that's a little bit more of like 
I think the geeky argument that is not really going to get picked up by the local news, right? And so that that's why that was not really in the message of the Chromebook churn, which was much more about, you know, for for kind of public audience. But yeah, I, I think the the promise of the cloud always was that we could sort of abstract away hardware and not have to worry about that anymore. And so that's somewhat happened, right? I mean, people are holding on to their phones for longer and they're actually, it, it, at least in the consumer sector, people are using their laptops for longer than they used to, which is great. Um, but why not go all the way, right? I mean, if I'm using only cloud services, I'm sort of outsourcing my computing. I'm not really computing anything on this machine so much as it is just a terminal plugging into the, the mainframe of the cloud. Let them do the upgrades. Let them figure out what hardware they need. And I'm just going to have my, you know, floating magic rectangle that pulls in the information I need and helps me do the work that I need to do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, so we've spent 20, 25 ish, 30 minutes with you. Uh, any, any closing thoughts or comments that you kind of want to get out of the way that we haven't covered already? Any, uh, final thoughts? No, I think, I think we got a lot of it. I just want to reiterate that you know, the choices that school districts have to make, they have to make the choices that are best for them within the market that exists right now. And so really the point of this campaign is that Google, following their commitment to a circular economy, following the business decision that they made to really capture and go for the K through 12 market and serve it, has a responsibility to make these devices last longer. And, you know, the report recommends a whole set of things that they could do, not just one magic silver bullet, but a whole bunch of little things they could do that could get us to a point where we don't have to refresh so often. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah. just the kind of next phase here is that we do have a, a letter we're passing around asking them to extend the expiration date for the 13 models that are expiring at the end of the summer. Um, and so if folks are interested, they can you know reach out to me or, or take a look on perk.org and they can see that letter that we're, we're passing around and looking for signatures on. That'd be interesting oh. to see if if that gets uh, any attention from them. I'm I'm curious. Yeah. Well, you can count me in. I definitely want to sign on to that one. Anything we can do to to help reduce e-waste and keep more devices in our classroom would be great. Great. I'm not signing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm just going to forge your signature. There you go. Yeah, I'll sign for him, Lucas. It, it's fine. I'll I'll sign for him. Um. All right. So yeah, we we appreciate your time on this uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, hope, hopefully we weren't mean or anything like that. We, no, we it was fun. We didn't bring you here. on here to get, do a gotcha moment or anything like that. No, uh, yeah. We I was going to ask chat GPT to write some e-waste jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't uh, do jokes yet. No, it, no, it has a hard time with, yeah, that's interesting. Um, all right, Lucas. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll look and see yeah. what, what other studies you come out in the future with. Sweet. Yeah. Nice meeting y'all. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you Bye.